Thank you guys for tuning in to the Mental Health Monday podcast. Um, Just to be aware, there is a trigger warning. We are going to be speaking about things such as self-harm and suicide. Um, If these are topics that are going to be difficult for you to hear, um, we just want to let you know. Again, thank you for listening. And if you need help and somebody to talk to, we have resources on our website at uh, mhmpod.com. Those are our monster burps, and I think that was how we're going to introduce every episode by burping. I am drinking the blue low-carb, and Ben is drinking the... White Zero Ultra. White Zero Ultra. Goat. This episode is sponsored to by Monster Energy for athletes and professionals everywhere, especially in the retail and fast food industry. Stay hydrated, stay focused, and stay on your best game with Monster Energy. Pay us money now. We are also sponsored by um, Truly Citrus Punch. Yes, that is today's flavor. Um, we're not going to be drinking drunkenly on this podcast because that's not professional and who we are. But um, each episode, I think we're going to try a new drink and just yep. for the flavor and experience. And we have been talking about trying Truly since White Claw failed to sponsor me on my last shout out to them. Uh, we switched over to Truly, and I think that they have better flavor, better taste. They're more innovative than White Claw. Their iced teas are amazing. Sipping on the pool, love them. Lemonades go too. Uh, so yeah, Truly Hard Seltzer, official proud sponsor of Mental Health Mondays and NHL. Yep, Truly, Truly, hit us up, um, hit us up for that sponsor. In all seriousness, know that our first ad read does come to you by Staywear Clothing Brand. Uh, Staywear is a company that focuses on apparel and mental health. Um, I use them a lot. I have multiple articles of clothing from them. I'm wearing them now. Uh, what it is is every purchase does go, 10% of it goes to a mental health organization for fundraising and to bring awareness to people who are mentally ill. And so they are a great company, and I reached out to them, and they are offering an endorsement deal right now where you can get 30% off your first purchase. And for more information about that, you can link over to mhmpod.com and find their link there. Again, your first order, you get 30% off with Stayware. Can't beat that, 30%, man. And they're, they're comfortable, comfortable shirts, good quality. We used them for our last photos to shoot, too, and they come in so many colors. Um, One thing that I noticed about them, even before they uh, reached out to us to endorse us and talk to us about it, um, they have different collections. They had um, Netflix's very popular 13 Reasons Why series. They had a 13 Reasons Why or Reasons to Stay uh, collaboration going on. Um, It is June, and they actually just released their Pride line. Uh, for stay kind and just to stay genuine and unique and true to who you are too. So very cool, doing a lot of great things for the world. Um, been in the business for seven years now too, so they are a critically acclaimed company to work with. Yep, always love supporting. We love supporting businesses that care about mental health, that are championing championing for mental health. Um, I'm pretty sure that's a word, but for some reason it sounded really weird when I said it. Um, but yes, we appreciate any company that is supporting people with mental health issues and actually being up on the front line and helping and not just, you know, judging. Yes. For a profit. Not just changing their profile picture and all that good stuff. So, um, without further ado, guys, um, 
you are listening to the Mental Health Monday podcast, the very first episode. This has been two years too long in the making. Um, I was joking with Ben the other day, about a year and a half ago when we had this idea, um, we mediocrely recorded it on my cell phone, iPhone 10 at the time, 10X, 10XR, whatever version it was, sitting in my car in a parking lot outside of downtown Cincinnati. And now we are in uh, Ben's upstairs uh, house with two professional mics, uh, audio adapter interface, MacBook Pro. We we ran miles to get this done right and do this for you and for us. So we're very excited to launch. Um, when you're hearing this, it will be June 21st, Monday, or after that, if you so desire to listen after the release date. That out. So I was talking to Ben, and eventually we are going to have multiple guests on, and uh, there will be to the right and left of us. Uh, but for the very first episode, we wanted to be just me and Ben, kind of tell you about a little bit about our stories and our struggles and the way we want to format this is we want to open each episode with three positives for our week. And I think that's something that I've been doing that actually helps me where you can get so overwhelmed sometimes with all the negative aspects that are happening to you and you feel like the world's just, it constantly, it's a negative and trying to find some sort of light. And so when you reprogram your brain or you try to rewire it and you think everything is going horrible for me, this, everything's going to shit right now. And you just take a time to say, okay, if I'm dwelling on all these negatives, what about the positives? And sometimes you have to think for them. So um, I'll go first. My three positives for the week are, it is, uh, we are recording this and I'm off the next two days from work. And I rarely get two days off. And I think it's an amazing thing. My second positive is today I went and bought a betta fish after a week of spending $210 on fish supplies to tank a thermostat, all this stuff for a $20 fish. But I am happy, and his name is Dimitri, and we will link a photo of Dimitri on our Instagram page. Dimitri for life. And my third positive is that we are doing this. Today is the day, and it's. I'm very excited. I'm very nervous, but I'm very excited to anticipate of what this is going to be and where this is going to go from here and just seeing... You know, just much like my blogs and my writings, where we started and where we're going with it. So I'm very excited to be sitting down, recording this and talking to you and launching this for the world to hear if they so desire. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to start with my first positive, echoing your third positive. Um, yes, this is super exciting to actually be doing this. Um, this has been a few years in the making um, of just kind of talking about it, but not really doing a whole lot of, con- you know, putting forth any concrete steps towards getting things done. And then over the past, I guess, just a couple months, we kind of just put our shit into gear and decided, hey, you know, if we're going to do this, like, you know, what what better time? You know, um, it seems like we're at a point where, you know, COVID is finally letting up a little bit. You know, we're getting to get out there, hang out with friends, um, you know, throw barbecues and all that. And so, you know, what's a better time to start a podcast like this than a time after we've had a very, very tough year um, for many different reasons? Um, And so that's going to be my first positive. Uh, Second positive of the week, which has kind of been a continuing positive the past couple of months, is in the same vein of COVID finally letting up a little bit. 
uh, going, getting to get back into the gym, get back into fitness and um, working on my physical health, which in turn uh, always definitely helps my mental health. Uh, I've noticed that I've just had a more positive outlook day to day when I'm actually uh, working on my physical fitness and it just helps me to feel better, um, not only physically, but mentally as well. Right. Um, my third positive is, uh, got a fun weekend ahead. Um, tomorrow we are going to an emo themed birthday party, which is exciting. It's not Matt Cutshaw, by the way. No, it's, it's not. Um, he might make an appearance. I don't know. Um, probably not. Um, so yeah, I'm going to have, you know, my, my black skinny jeans, which, uh, I mean, I, I never really stopped wearing black skinny jeans. Um, you know, uh, so because emo never died. I mean, let's emo be honest. never, never. It's not a phase. It's not a phase. It's it's, it's more, a lifestyle. It's lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, big positive to put me in a good good headspace for the rest of the weekend and the next week. Oh, and uh, I oh I forgot. I was going to make my own positives. I I got another tattoo. Um, which is exciting. Okay, well, let's not hog the show with the yeah, exactly. Ben show of uh, I got a new tattoo. Okay, <laughs> Nigel Houston. This is not the mental health Ben <laughs> Monday show. Ben rants. No, tattoos are awesome, and uh, Ben Wyatt does uh, amazing work. If you are looking for an artist in the greater Cincinnati Dayton area, um, hit up him. Yes. Uh, we have a lot of friends who are in the artwork business uh jasmine england is doing my next one which will be the uh rendering of the logo for this podcast so if you're adding a fourth on the tattoo based i want to shout out to jasmine england as well uh also frontman for or uh, front woman of avanti uh great band check them out nice nice yeah um so yeah like we said um this first episode is going to be more of an introductory kind of episode we're going to be in a hopefully non-selfish way, talk about ourselves a little bit and just give you guys a peek into, um, you know, kind of how we grew up and what mental health means to us. Um, and hopefully this will help you guys kind of understand why we're doing this. Um, and what made this happen for, uh, what made us want to do this and have the ambition and drive to do this is uh, I think what we're trying to get at. Uh, more so. And uh, again, on the website, again, mhmpod.com, you can learn to read both of our stories and the original post. um, So briefly explains it. So we're not going to dive, you know, I'm not, we're not going to spend two hours a piece talking about ourselves. It's just going to be a quick, um, here's the shortcuts of what you need to know. And uh, I do want to also say content warning, we will be talking about suicide in this episode and possibly self-harm. So if you are skeptical of that, just be aware that that is conversations that are going to be brought up. My name is Karsten, by the way. So for those listening, this is Karsten's voice and... And this is Ben's voice. So now you have a clear distinction of who we are. And I am 28 years old. Uh, I was born in Russia. Rostov-on-Don, Russia is where I was born. And I was actually placed up for adoption at eight and a half months. Uh, upon placing up adoption, my mom, who I is my mom and my mother... Uh, I don't talk about my biological family because I don't know them. I've never met them or had contact with them. But uh, my mom, Mary Beth, she adopted me as a single parent. And uh, that was kind of my upbringing. And we grew up in Cincinnati or Hamilton, Ohio, for the first 16 years of my life. And uh, I was born, raised without a direct male influence. So 
uh, it was a little bit challenging and trying to understand being raised by female and surrounded by females, just curiosity of certain things. And I tend to imitate who I was around. Uh, so I did grow up very feminine. Um, people considered I was gay for a long time. Uh, I was bullied because of my red hair. It was a very, uh, very rough childhood uh, for me. And it was very hard to accept uh, a lot of things that, one, I had no control over, that I was adopted by a single mom. I didn't have a dad. I had no siblings. I had red hair. My name is Karsten, K-A-R-S-T-N. I was different, and uh, when you slowly unravel that, especially growing up in an adolescent age around 10 to 12 years old, um, you start to question things and realize things, and your brain does what it does, where it overthinks and underthinks, and you get tired of it, and you get, I don't want to use the word, I felt suppressed, but I felt outed. You know, I was definitely hazed, I was definitely bullied, uh, pushed down a flight of steps, uh, definitely kicked, made fun of, uh, rejected a lot. Rejected is a word that is one of my least favorite words, and uh, I hate saying it, but... And uh, so that was kind of the battle uh, that I continually went through. Um, My aunt, my grandma, my grandpa... Uh, my uh, people that were close to me surrounding growing up passed away when I was at a very young age as well. So it was really a fight for my mom just as much for a fight for me and her doing the best that she could and still not, there is no guidebook to how to handle it. So all this to say that when you go through what... I was dealing with and all the negative things that were said to me and done to me and picked on growing up in elementary school. Um, I did tell my mom when I was 12 years old that I wanted to kill myself and it was the best thing that I've ever done. And it sounds weird to say that, but it, it I meant it. I was so sick and tired of being constantly picked on for who I was and who I was born to be and harassed. And so I told her that, and my mom immediately took wasted no time and placed me in professional care in a hospital or for an inpatient center uh, to try to get me diagnosed and try to get me more help and figure out if something was actually wrong with me. And in terms, it did turn out that, you know, I went through a lot of uh, diagnosis that meant nothing and nothing could a stuck uh, a psychologist said oh he has ADHD oh he has bipolar disorder oh he's suicidal he's depressed he's all these labels mean nothing because no doctor is ever going to be inside my brain to tell me how I feel and uh, we did try medication and I didn't like medication we tried therapy and therapy scared me and that was all before I hit the age 15 and uh I didn't know it back then, but it definitely, after I went in the first time, I faked it hard. I faked it so hard, I just went in there like nothing was wrong, and I was fine. I used it as a game. I didn't let any of the professionals see who I was, like my true colors of what I'd been dealing with, what my mom had been putting up with for me being disorderly and all that. Um, And so I went in again at 13. And a year later, or less than a year later, I went in for a second time. And that time, 
I let off my mask. I let my mask down and I showed them who I really was. And uh, even involved having to be restrained at 13 years old and, you know, the loony bin. But it definitely was what needed to happen to get me help. And when we tried a few things after that, um, it's a blur from 13 to, let's say, 16, 17. But something in that happened that changed the course. And ultimately, I can confirm that it probably did save my life at the time because it was I was in a very dark space and I learned to become to a very light place. So that's my upbringing. And uh, Ben, you just want to share a little bit of your upbringing and then we'll go on to our teens and later life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, my name's Ben. I'm 27 years old. I was born in Hamilton, grew up in Hamilton, raised in Hamilton, um, and kind of grew up with an odd family dynamic. Um, so for those of you who don't know, um, my dad, he is, um, he is older. Um, he's in his 80s. Uh, so when my parents met, um, my dad was, I believe, in his fifties uh, or late fifties, and my mom was um, in her thirties. And my dad actually, he um, was born and grew up in Maine, and was married before he had kids, um, who are my older brothers and sisters, who are a couple decades older than I am. Um, so always had like kind of an odd family dynamic growing up, but you know, for the most part, as far as earlier childhood. I guess you could say I, I mean, I had kind of a privileged childhood, I guess you could say. You know, we are a middle-class family, always had gifts under the tree for Christmas and birthdays, um, you know, always got a, you know, fresh pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards when we went to the store, and went on many vacations. Um, and so, you know, for, like, the difference between us, I, I think, is for me, a lot of my mental health issues stem from my, I guess, my early to late teens. But really growing up, it was, um, you know, a conservative Christian household, you know, a little strict, but not too much. And so, you know, there were these ideas that were kind of always ingrained into myself and my brother. Um, you know, I, weren't, I wouldn't say with that we were brainwashed, but it was kind of like when we were growing up, there was a certain way that you had to think, um, a certain way that you had to act, certain things you couldn't say, uh, certain bands we couldn't listen to, uh, certain shows we couldn't watch, um, because, you know, it went against the Bible, went against church, went against, you know, God's word. And basically a restricted lifestyle. Yeah, pretty restricted lifestyle. We didn't know really anything secular. Kind of one of those things where, you know, if we got caught watching like Ren and Stimpy or something, you know, it was like this whole thing. My dad would like unplug the TV. And Mine like, was Dragon Ball Z. Definitely yeah. couldn't do a Dragon Ball Z at all. Yeah, we we had to sneak it. You know, we would um, we would have the, uh, the, for those, for kids that are not like millennials like we are, like Gen Z kids, we used to have on the TV of the back button. So you could like choose two channels and when you would go to the new channel, you could hit back and it would go back to the previous channel. So we'd be watching like Adult Swim or something and we would have like Nickelodeon or Disney, whatever. Pre-saved on the other Pre-saved on the back channel. So when my dad would come in the room or we'd hear him, we would switch it back to the other channel. So, 
that was kind of what set up, I think, um, the later years where I was more, um, I guess you could say, a little more rebellious and a little more um, wayward and kind of, um, you know, always wanted to do the opposite of what my parents wanted me to do. So really, I, I um, don't have, whole, I guess, a whole lot to say about, about my childhood other than that. It, it really wasn't too, too terrible. You know, I had... A, uh, it sounds some, really shitty that we're saying our parents loved us so much and we're doing the best that they could and that's what fucked us up later on <laughs> in our life. It's, it's so it sounds horrible terrible. to say. Yes. And we are not bashing our parents, no, I promise you that. We are just... 100% no. It, it wasn't their fault for doing what they knew best to do. It was just more about... It, it, all this will come back to say it was because the world uh, was... It, the human beings are the worst enemies. They can either be the best for us, the worst for us. And I think uh, it's, society is what you make it. And uh, similar to Ben, I grew up in a lot of private schools growing up. And I, it wasn't until I moved over to a public school where things got better for me. And it's weird to say, but I became you know, woke and cultured when I switched over to uh, public school versus private schools. And it really... It really helped me find people that were more identical and relatable to me. Well, so yeah, for sure. So just kind of segueing into, I guess, like the early teens. Um, you know, we, my friends and I, we were always into, um, which we we did hang out in elementary school. Yeah, and, and that's kind of how we should have led with this. But me and Ben know each yes. other through childhood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We did go up to the same. We grew up in the same subdivision for one, and uh, mutual good friends with uh, John, yeah. and uh, that's how we kind of met. And then we ended up going to school in elementary and possibly middle school. I want to middle school and high school for sure because uh, I left Ohio at sixteen years old, but. Uh, went to Arizona, uh, and we'll get into that later, but, uh, that's how we do know each other. And we've always been, you know, really close. And, uh, so that back at that time in my life, my friends and I, you know, we were into Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, like all the, you know, Dragon Ball Z. And the thing is like for kids growing up now that something that you might not understand is that things that we consider like cool now like you know pokemon go like pokemon is huge um like anime right now is huge it's like having like this whole like renaissance with like demon slayer and all these like huge anime that like the quote-unquote cool people are into this stuff all this stuff that we grew up with is coming back in a digital format so Um, when we were growing up and we were into that shit like that was considered nerdy yeah like you were you were considered uncool for liking uh well not as much pokemon like pretty much everyone had like pokemon cards but if If you you weren't playing sports or if you weren't you know spending time by your uh, dad's yacht house pool with your friends or if you weren't uh this if you didn't wear uh night if you weren't brand matching with champion shoes and champion shirt or adidas on adidas you know it was uh, we grew up in a very preppy called for culture and so that's what uh it was different then you know you had to be certain you had to be this in order to sit here kind yeah. of very clicky yeah so it was it was very natural for kids like myself 
especially getting to middle school. Um, and something that didn't help was, um, uh, I was a short kid. I just looked nerdy. Um, I was slightly overweight. You're for wearing my... glasses right now. I yes, mean, just exactly. take them off. Like, what are you, blind or something? Yeah, a little bit. Four eyes. Uh, <laughs> wow, jeez. Brought up some deep memories. Um, <laughs> but growing up in middle school, like, um, I was, like, kind of the definition of nerdy. You know, like, I, I was short. I was a little plump. Uh, I had, like, this annoying <laughs> cow lick in the front of my head. And so I was nerdy looking and I was into nerdy things. So like it was natural for someone like me to get picked on. And it was never like most of the time was never anything extreme. Um, you know, never really like got beat up or jumped or anything like that. But there was always like, you know, we'd walk past a group of kids and, you know, point, start laughing. Um, just for you can hear us, whispers from people. You, yeah, you, just from us being whispers. And, and for us, it was just being ourselves. You know, and I feel like the culture right now is so different. And, and I might be wrong because, you know, obviously, like, we're not in school anymore, so we don't know how things are going. Right. But I feel like the culture right now is so different. Like, when I look at, um, you know, TikTok or Twitter, like, whatever, like, kids now are growing up with, like, the quote-unquote nerdy stuff, but it's it's cool. Like, it's a status symbol. And so, like, when we were growing up... There's like, nine-year-olds with 1.2 million followers exactly. on TikTok right now. Like, and I feel I feel like right now, like, we sound like boomers right now, like, back in <laughs> our day. <laughs> but really, back in, like, back when we were growing up, the stuff that is considered cool right now was uncool. It was, like, the opposite. We had a TV in our house, and we had a computer, and that was it. And I'm not trying to age ourselves by saying, like, there are times you'd go to your friends and... They'd try to be one. They want to make a phone call, and you had to get off the computer. But yeah, um, like party lines and landlines and stuff like that. Uh, we grew up where we played outside when we got home from school, and we had to be at home when the streetlights came on. That was the rule. There was no, uh, there was stranger danger to an extent with Officer Bob at Hamilton, but there was definitely just you felt safe going outside and just hanging out with your friends and. You know, we didn't have phones until... I didn't have one until I was in the fifth or sixth grade. And even oh, then... Oh, yeah. I, I didn't have one, I think, until um, eighth or ninth grade. And it was, like, on my dime. <laughs> like, right. I would go... We would go to Walmart, and I would get, like, the track phone, and I'd have to buy my own minutes with, like, like with my allowance money. Yeah. And, yeah, like, it, like, I remember I would get home from school, and I would... And this was, like, before we got PlayStation and stuff. Once we got those, it was, like, bro, like, I ain't going outside. Fuck yeah. that. But before that, it was, like, I would get home, and I would either get on my scooter, my skateboard, or my bike, and I would ride around the neighborhood literally until it got dark. You know, from, like, 4 o'clock until, you know, 8 o'clock or whatever. I'd come home for dinner, and then I would go back out, ride my bike some more. Um, and so, yeah, it was, like, it was very much different growing up. That's kind of what led to um, me kind of being bullied, and that's what led to really my struggles with with mental health. Um, but Karsten, I'll let you continue kind of with your early teen years and your later teen years, and then we'll kind of circle back. Yeah. So um, after that, uh, thirteen and being diagnosed and going to the the uh, Looney Bin and things of that nature, 
when I was 16, uh, we moved to Arizona for my mom's job. Uh, my mom's office at the time shut down, and she was given the option to relocate to Massachusetts, uh, Boston, shout out, or Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, we chose Phoenix. We went out there to visit for vacation. I fell in love with the heat and I just the scenery, and I just felt a I felt at home in the desert, and I always have. And I think one of the things that when we became adolescents and growing up in our teen years, we start finding our motor skills and uh, brain functions are developing at a rapid rate. And we're starting to find and evolve into a more age where there's more things prevalent to us that we can find that are called coping mechanisms. And for me, that was skateboarding. I fell in love with skateboarding when I was seven years old. When I got my first skateboarding, I became very talented at it at by the time I was 13 and when I was 15 I was definitely uh, very in control of a skateboard uh, I don't want to you know selflessly brag but I found vert and transition and mini ramps to be uh, just finding the speed and going up and down and it found a therapy and a flow to that um, and it, I think that's what over time helped me when I would have bad days and feel, you know, my brain would, serotonin would die down and I would just say, okay, I need to go skateboard. And we did growing up in Ohio, uh, especially where we lived, we have very harsh winters or harsh to anybody else. Um, that's from, you know, the West coast, but our winters here, they can drop below negative, uh, 10 degrees and our summers are humid at 90% humidity, and it can feel like it's 118 degrees outside with humidity, and you just sweat when you step outside. And we would skate in all of that weather. It was, uh, you know, 10, uh, 15 years old, I remember making a pool jam and going out and looking at the weather, and it was negative 7. And we were doing, we were doing what we could uh, because we just loved it, and it was something to get our minds away from the cold world. And you add that to the fact that now technology is starting to come out with Game Boys, uh, Game Boy Colors, Nintendo DSs, Wii's were being introduced, and uh, it, music uh, was one of the things that, you know, kind of like Ben was saying, I found music and I found metal first uh, was what I fell in love with. I fell in love with Rise Against. I fell in love with Linkin Park. I fell in love with My Chemical Romance. Like those were my starter bands. And from there, uh, growing up in a Christian household, I was allowed to listen to Christian music. So for me, that was August Burns Red, As I Lay Dying. Um, anything that was Norma Jean was another one, Emery. I'm not just going to name a bunch of bands here, but. At music is what I found that I enjoyed a lot. And then with music, I found metal. And it, Ben can relate to this, but it was something about listening to metal music that just gave us a peace. Like, we didn't feel alone. We felt like, hey, these they're yelling words that we're hearing, and it's angry, but it's positive. And you can't explain it, really. And... Uh, but it's definitely, that's kind of what segued to save me, is what putting a CD in my Walkman and putting my headphones in and walking down the street to the BP gas station, getting my Monster at 14, 16 years old. And then again, when we moved to Arizona, just falling, starting over was so difficult for me. And I hated every aspect of it, but it definitely played a big role in my future. And so this episode isn't two hours long, I will just say kind of to bring this all back to say 
I found coping mechanisms along the way that helped save me. I found things that I thoroughly enjoyed over time, and I started talking about my feelings. Um, I started talking to... Um, my mom is a very difficult person to talk to, especially now in my late 20s, because we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. But I found a community that accepts me for who I am and what I am and, and absolutely loved me. And I found Ben and uh, the Cincinnati hardcore metal scene, uh, skate parks. I found a community where I felt a sense of self-belonging and then writing my thoughts down. So I will say just with all the depression and suicidal thoughts that I still face and the breakdowns that I can't avoid that happen... For me, it's about twice a year. I have a complete mental breakdown where I just fall apart and lose all motivation to do anything, and I just melt. And then I don't talk to anybody for a week or two weeks, and I just ghost and disappear. And it, it happens to me about twice a year. And when I get in that position, people often have, my friends and my allies have known exactly how to handle me and what's best for me. And they they never let me down. And I think that's what has really helped me in the long run is just finding the community that I feel a purpose and a sense of belonging to. And then if I don't have them, I still have coping mechanisms. I have a journal that I keep and a blog that I keep up with. I have a skateboard even at 28 that I won't be able to do forever. And then I also have the luxury to be able to travel now that COVID's over. And I think traveling is the best form of humility. Um, if you haven't got outside your hometown in a long time or if you feel safe to do so, I highly recommend just taking a weekend off and driving five hours in any direction. You look at, pull up your location, do five hours in any direction, and just go there for a weekend. It, it could be Detroit. It could be Des Moines, Iowa. I don't care where it is. Just go five hours away and stay there for a weekend, and you'll learn and see a different side of what you know every day of your life. So I'm going to pick up kind of where, uh, I guess for, let's say freshman year. Uh, so freshman year of high school, um, was kind of a, a big moment for me. And I think a lot of kids in Hamilton, because I think it, I don't remember if it was our grade or the grade before us, um, we were the first ones to be in the new freshman building, like our, our own thing just for our grade, just for the freshmen. Segregation, I mean, this is what it was, but it was uh, our middle schools were 6th, uh, 7th, and 8th grade, or 7th and 8th grade, I want to say, for Garfield and, and eighth, Wilson. Yeah. Wilson. And then the high school started with 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. 12th yeah. And they made a, a building designated for only the freshman class that had approximately, we'll say, 450 students total enrollment was our freshman, both of our freshman classes yep. about. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So that was like um, the first kind of step into um, the next kind of step of my life. It was also the time where I started to grow more uh, vertically. <laughs> I got taller. He's not um, five four anymore, ladies. No, I'm not five. But he's I was, also married. Yeah, I think I was five. Yeah, I think I was like five five, maybe five six, um, in middle school, and then shot up to about five nine in freshman year. And so, a lot of that uh, weight that I had before um, stretched out a little bit. So you know, I wasn't like 
skin skinny as a bone, which I was my senior year. I'll get to that. Um, but my freshman year, you know, I kind of stretched out a little bit. And my confidence went up a little bit. Um, and that was also the time, well, in middle school was actually the time that I like really got into heavy music. And like, same with you, I could really only listen to Christian music. And so I started out with uh, bands like Thousand Foot Crutch, uh, Skillet, um, Cutlass, like these bands that were, you know, rock bands. Um, and it was accessible for me and, you know, it was okay to listen to with my parents, you know, like it, right. it was about God. And so it was okay to listen to. And then... And one um, of the other cheats we found is if you tell your parents it's a Christian concert, you can get away with going to it. That's true. Yes. And it has to be, you have to tell them, like, you're going with your your friend and their dad or mom. Right, because there's... Got to have the supervision. You yeah. have to have the parental supervision. And yeah. the friend is from Bible study, by the way. So exactly. if you need one, add a razzle-tazzle. Yeah. So um, then I, I remember the first... Uh, Probably the first heavy band I really got into, which is still my favorite band of all time, is Under Oath. And I remember this very specific moment. Um, I'm one of these people that the way my memory works is I will remember what you wore the first time we hung out six years ago on a Tuesday night at 8.30. Oh, yeah, you were wearing that blue shirt with a skull first on First encounters, it. yeah. I'll remember stuff like that, but I won't remember... Something I said breakfast. this morning. And so I have this very distinct memory. Um, we used to get these CDs from like a Christian bookstore in the mail. Family Christian. Yes. Um, and my mom, she'd be like, you can get, you know, we'd get a catalog once a month. And she'd be like, you can get two CDs or whatever. And so I got a Thousand Foot Crutch Phenomenon. And I got uh, Under Oath to Find the Great Line. Which and was this, not their first album, by the way. Correct. I was um, keeping track at home. Yeah, so... Um, it was like right when Define the Great Line came out and I didn't really know a whole lot about him. I had a friend in middle school, uh, Andy Burns. Shout out Andy Burns, by the way. Um, uh, we are Facebook friends. I don't know if you'll be listening to this, but uh, Andy is now a pastor. Um, so congrats. That's dope. Just, man, you introduced me to a lot of good music. So shout out. He actually introduced me to Under Oath and I ended up picking up the album. Uh, from the Christian bookstore, and I sat down on the couch, and I literally remember I'm sitting there, and we're watching um, Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought you said clitorally instead oh of literally, God. but we're gonna cut that okay. out. I just had to say that. We'll <laughs> put that in the bonus. Segment. We might leave it in. We might leave it in on the on the Patreon. Um, we're, we're definitely gonna have a private section of highlights, and that's going on. Yes. It. So um, I remember the specific moment. I was sitting on the couch. We were watching Jimmy Neutron, and I, I even remember what episode it was. It was the episode where they shrink down and go into, I think it was, um, they go into somebody's body that's sick. Um, and I'm sitting there, and I put Define the Great Line in my CD player. I got my headphones on. And yes, this was a CD player, a Walkman. You have to plug headphones into it, and the CD spins, and you have to hold it a certain way so it doesn't skip. And if you tap it, heaven forbid you tap yes. the damn thing. you got to keep it still. Ooh, that's why we, on the buses, you would see people holding them in their laps and not in their pockets. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you want to talk about a challenge. And yep. that, was a, that was a challenge in its own. I'm sitting there, and I'm... For those of you that know the album, which if you haven't listened to the album yet, I mean, 
I don't even know what to tell you. Um, but very beginning of the album, there's this film sound, like a film reel kicking in. And I'm sitting there, and I have no idea what to expect. And the song kicks in, um, which is uh, in regards to self. And I, I like, I think I had like an aneurysm. <laughs> like I had never heard anything like that. Um, I was very, I was not very well versed in heavy music. And so it just completely blew my mind. And I sat there and just listened to the whole album probably three to four times in a row before I actually like hit stop and took the CD out. And that's like, at that moment I was like listening to all these riffs and stuff. And it was at that moment where I was like, I want to play guitar. Like I want to learn how to play this music. And so like, that was kind of my segue into music being a big part of my life, music being my escape um, from all the bullshit. And so I would, I, I got this cheapo, like hundred dollar guitar. Like I didn't, I did not give a shit. Like I got this cheap guitar. I got like a cheap amp Yeah. and I would sit up in my room just pissed off because I can't learn this riff, but I would just keep doing it and keep playing it. And I would upload these horrible covers to my MySpace. Um, which uh, R.I.P. MySpace, by the way, it still exists. It's just not what it's it is. It's not the same. No. Um, so they don't give you a friend to start out with. You got to make them your own. Yeah. So um, that was like uh, the the kind of start of this thing in my life that was like, if something goes wrong, if I have I a, still have this. Yes. If I have a bad day, if somebody at school says some stupid bullcrap to me or whatever, like. I know I can come home and I can listen to music, play music, whatever, and I'm going to feel better. You know, I'm going to be able to unleash that anger, that despair, that kind of like depression, exactly. negativity that flowed with us. And it, it's really funny because we both took our nerdy, just outcasted, rejected childhoods and we said, I'm going to show you. And I said, I'm going to become a professional skateboarder and go on the X Games, Mom. And Ben said, I'm going to pick up a guitar and I'm going to be in a band. And then <laughs> we're going to show you guys. And we picked the two most alternative things, ones with mental illness too. And we found a niche <laughs> in both of those. And it's just, it, it, we, I don't want to say it was a big F you to the world, but it worked for us. And it was yeah. incredible how, you know, you look back and say, like, I, I could have just... We could still be 40 years old or going on, not 40, 30 years old, going on 30 years old in our living rooms playing, you know, World of Warcraft, but all about finding outlets that work for us in a positive way and to just bring, you know, a, 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 that's how we made friends too. I want to clarify that as like, we were awkward kids. I mean, we didn't have, you know, a group of friends that we hung out with every day. We had maybe two or three that we called or saw at school growing up, and we didn't find our friends and start building relationships with others until we found, well, for me, it was skateboarding, and I think for you, it was definitely guitar, and you found a community that's like, yeah. oh, you play guitar? It was a common interest versus, exactly. you know, I'm, I'm just trying to look for somebody spent with red a, hair. Yeah. <laughs> spent, a, I mean, a ton of weekends at the underground, um, which... R.I.P. The Underground, by the way. They yeah. still exist, but they're like a film camp now. They're um, they're going downhill fast. Yeah, they don't. Sorry, Underground. If you're listening to this, Underground. You should have bought out and sold out by now, and you should, should have, have also changed out. your uh, bar. It's a It was a great concept, but yeah. it's 2021. Come on. Yeah. 
so without going into too too much, because you know, like Carson said, we don't want this to be like a two-hour episode. Um, I'm gonna fast forward to uh, sixteen seventeen, um, which is really when my mental health and self-image was at like an all-time low, and that that's kind of like where it all stems from is um, self-image, body image. You know, growing up in middle school and stuff, being the, the you know, the, the chubby kid, um, it was important to me to, you know, get rid of that image. And even in high school, junior, senior year, when I was, you know, under 150 pounds soaking wet, um, I was scrawny as hell. I think I wore like a 28 waist jean, which were very hard to Ben's find. Ben's basically describing me right now. So yeah. I basically was like Karsten's build, but skinnier. And even then it was like, wasn't good enough. You know, there was always something about myself that I found that I could complain about. And I, I still do like, I'm, you know, I'm get out of the shower and I'm getting dressed and I look in the mirror and I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. And, um, so that was like what a lot of it stemmed from. And, uh, I guess like uh, when I hit my all time low was, I think I was, um, uh, probably 17 at the time. And, um, my grandma on my mom's side, so my, my mom's mom, um, she passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were always very close. Uh, she was honestly like, a, I mean, your grandma is always like your second mom, but she really was like a second mom. I got trapped on know. an elevator with my grandma, and it was the best memory of my life. Oh, it's great. Dude, grandmas are the best. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were very close. She would uh, babysit us a lot, um, you know. And so when that happened, um, kind of like leading up to it, she she always, you know, was kind of in poor health, um, in and out of the hospital a lot. And for the last few weeks of her life, um, I was very uh, not present, which I regret. And, you know, my mom would call me up and she'd be at the hospital and she'd say, hey, you know, you might want to come down. This might be the last time or one of the last times, like, just come see her. And, you know, it was always like, no, I don't want to see her like that. Like, I I don't want to do it. It was very hard to accept uh, deteriorating health and knowing that somebody else is in a you know very uh, not in the right state of mind or body condition, and it's hard yeah. to look at and not in a negative way. And we're not you know body shaming anybody or anything like that, but it's just very difficult. And uh, one weird phobia that we both share is hospitals uh, to this day. It's uh, hospitals are a very dark place because yeah. a lot of death and bad things happen there and it's just it, I get bad vibes every time I go into a hospital. Yeah. Well that was my that was actually my last memory of her was we're, I think we were my brother and I were, were sitting at home and my mom she comes in the room and she's like hey I'm gonna go see mom like you guys should come like this might be the last time you see her and so we finally caved we're like okay and it, and it was mostly to you know appease my mom um, I really didn't want to go. Um, and so we we get to the hospital, we go up, and she's laying in bed, 
and she's got like a big like oxygen thing on her mouth. Um, she's very disoriented. You can tell she's on a lot of medication. She's not really sure what's going on. Um, but I remember there was one there was one moment of clarity where my brother and I went up and we're kind of like just saying hi, like, hey, grandma, like we're here. And I remember she grabbed my hand, she grabbed my brother's hands and squeezed. She didn't say anything really, but she squeezed them. And that was kind of like the moment of clarity. And I remember, I want to say maybe approximately 30 seconds after this, my brother and I both left the room because we just like, we just could not handle it. It was an overwhelming. It was just very overwhelming. And I kind of like, subconsciously knew yeah and and it was kind of like you know i know this is gonna be my last memory of her and i i just i hate that and so for the next i want to say like full year after this i i beat myself up hard about it about not being present in the last you know year or so of her life and it led me to like really kind of despise myself and a lot of not just because of that, but in a lot of aspects of my life. And it was like, anytime I did anything wrong, it was like, I was constantly attacking myself. Like self-criticizing the self-criticizing failures. Self-criticizing yeah. failures. And that was like, on top of the, you know, body image thing. And so, you know, there was like a time in high school where I, I barely ate. Like I would eat once a day, like I would eat dinner. I didn't eat breakfast. I didn't eat lunch. Um, and just and a soft segue, this is where we're going to talk about some uh, yeah. harder self-harm uh, things. So Yeah. So if you, um, the, yeah, I'm going to start talking about sort of skip, kind of the... Skip over six minutes from this, this point. Yeah, kind of the startings of like an eating disorder. And so, you know, I never was fully, um, you know, I did eat, but it was kind of like I tr- like I actually tricked my body into thinking that um, if I ate too much throughout the day I would either get fat or I would get sick and so um, you sure eating disorder when you uh, went through it did you tell yourself it's like was it a it was a reward to eat. Did you use that trickery or it's like, a, I, I'm, it's a reward if I eat, so I'm not going to eat until I do something successful? S- sort of. Okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like a lot of it, like most of the time when I did eat, it was either, it was in a comfortable space. So, Alone. So it was either I was by myself at home or I was like over at John's house. Those were like my... You know, it was like in a comfort space is when I would eat. And when I was out in public or whatever, I was at school, like, I I just didn't do it. I didn't eat. And, you know, um, it led me to dropping down to, uh, when I graduated, I weighed about uh, 135 pounds. Um, and I'm at the height I am right now. Now, if you look at me, like, I'm broad-shouldered, but I'm not a real big guy. And I'm about 165, 170. So imagine me the same height I am now, but... 135. (laughs) 135. And to put that in perspective, and we'll post full uh, body pictures of us now and some before and afters on the website and Instagram as well, but it's just just to put that into 
perspective, I'm 5'7 on a good day, and I weigh 120 pounds right now, which is an average normal build for my height. Ben is about 3 inches, 4 inches taller than me, and add 10 pounds to my current weight, and then use that as a reference. Yeah. So it was, it was, um, it was very unhealthy. It was unhealthy weight. Um, and it, it wasn't really until... Um, I'll try not to talk too loud. I'll, I'll have to have my wife hear this on the episode and, and not get get the inflated ego now. <laughs> right. But, I mean, it wasn't really until I met um, Katrina, my wife at that time, um, friend that led into girlfriend. It wasn't really until I met her that I just became more comfortable in my skin. And really, it's just because she made me feel comfortable in my skin. You know, she loved me for who I was. Um, she supported me. And so it made me feel like being me was okay. Made me feel like being me was um, someone that could be appreciated, someone that could be loved, um, and someone that, um, you know, could could handle things. And I also want to say, I don't think that Ben's trying to say, I wasn't happy until I found a wife and a girlfriend who accepted me for who I am. I think what Ben's trying to say is he was happy, but when he had and found somebody who truly did accept him for who he was and shared a positive aspect rather than a critiquing, there's this limitations and there's these restrictions, the same ones that you brought up with, um, it definitely played a major factor of like, oh shit, you love me and I don't have to do anything to change that be uh, currently from where I'm at right now with my life. And that's what he's trying to say. So it's not, he's not saying I wasn't happy until I met, a, I had a girlfriend. Yeah. He's saying that I wasn't happy until somebody shared acceptance towards me. So there is a significant difference between those statements. Yeah. Like when you're able to find happiness within yourself because the people around you are lifting you up because like it doesn't even have to be like a significant other it can be a friend a family member but when somebody is there making you feel valid it makes you feel valid within yourself because you're like hey if this person who i care about who i trust who is loyal to me um who is honest with me says that hey i'm just fine then Maybe, maybe it's not so bad, you yeah. know. And that's that's what uh, my sister Sarah Tolly is for me. Shout out to her; she'll be on very, very shortly on a future episode. But um, it, you also find I found a comfortable setting and a safe space with yeah. that those people as well. It makes you feel like because when you talk about mental health, we all have our bad days. We all have the times where we just want to explode. Or I, I have this thing where very few times I'm not an angry ginger by the way I've never been an angry person except for my childhood I've very calm very accepting very go with the flow oh this is happening now I perform great under pressure but I do have moments all to say where I see red and when I see red it is not a good uh, it stay away from me get like back out of my space because I will go off at anybody in my path because I don't see I can't bring myself down in a, as fast as I should. Yeah. And uh, Sarah, Heather, Renee, um, all very close friends of mine, and including you, I think, have seen me there like maybe once or twice. And it, it's a scary thing to see. But 
you know how to handle it to where it's like I explode, I rant, and I go off, and I just have my little temper tantrum, so to say, and I feel so much better. And it's it's weird to, or it's just a bottled up emotions of like something happened that ticked me or triggered me the wrong way to where I was like, that was my tipping point. And you, when you have people who see that side of you and then they don't get scared more or less and then it'll leave you, but they say, you're seeing red night right now. What do you need from me? And that really, it, it, you guys have all, you know, I say it and I mean it, but that's the reason I'm alive today is because people care. And that's what we want to try to do with this podcast to show you that somebody's listening and we care for each other. This is a community of positivity and openness and transparency. And I think it just plays a long way to have somebody say that. And uh, we're we're going to have a song of the day on a lot of these too. And um, if you are want to check it out, Osadia has a song, both acoustic and regular, called We Care. And uh, if I... We do this with Anchor FM. I'm going to try to plug it in um, as well as a little short clip uh, with Spotify. But yeah, check that out. It's a great song and it talks about, you know, being there for others and saying you're not alone with anything that you feel alone with. Yeah. So um, in in closing, we're going to first we're going to uh, un mask the truly yes. while we close out the episode which is the citrus punch citrus punch yes yes oh got a lot of that sound cheers that's good it's not bad that's solid that's got a lime a grapefruit and a lemon on it and it tastes like I can definitely get the grapefruit of that for sure yeah but it's not ruby grapefruit, so thank God for that. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening uh, to the very first episode of Mental Health Monday. Thank you guys um, for sharing. We got through it together. Yeah, uh, stories. Surprisingly, we didn't really have any hiccups. Um, we are recording this in the middle of like a, a crazy tornado. thunderstorm. There's tornadoes and with storms. With like a tornado I hy- warning. I hydroplaned on my way here, and yeah. I live six miles from your house. So like... I was like partially expecting, like, we're sitting up in our upstairs loft, and I'm like, dude, the rain's <laughs> going to be so loud. Like, we're not going to be able to record, but uh, I, honestly, like, it's it's gone pretty well, so. My um, last, my text message to him when we came in was at 8.55. I said, there is a tornado warning, so I'm about to head out, LMAO, <laughs> and um, that's a real story. Like, we'll, I'll screenshot that and post on. Yes. Something that we want to start doing on the podcast is to share an organization with you guys each week, a different organization. Um, this week, it is the Trevor Project. Uh, if you don't know what the Trevor Project is, definitely take a look into it. Um, this is an organization that um, helps young uh, teens that are um, transitioning um, and also on the uh, LGBTQIA plus um, a part of that community. Um, they are a huge help. They do mm-hmm. a ton of work, and they're great. Um, I've, I actually didn't hear about them until a few years ago, but um, I really love the stuff that they're doing. Um, they're very important, um, and it's very important to uh, support and raise up those people that are part of the LGBTQIA plus community, uh, especially young transgender teens, um, to get the help and the resources they need. Um, so go check out the Trevor Project. If you can donate or help out in any way, um, that would be awesome. And if not, just you know, just support them, share links 
tell your friends about them, all that good stuff. Absolutely. And Ben and I, we do want to just say, we, we do classify, and uh, as much as it, weird as it is to say, because depending on your aspect of it, we are Christians, and we yes. uh, announce that publicly, and there's a we want to know you to know this. We are Christians, and we love you for who you are, and we are an accepting yes. community. And uh, we want to take away the stigma from uh, the church versus what it means to be a Christian. And so if you you feel like, oh, you're a Christian, how can you support gays? It's very easy to do. It's, yeah. it, you say, hi, you're a human it's being, and I simple. love you. So if you want to have words with us and say how what loving gay people, transgender, anything like that is not right and it's not Christian, uh, please DM us directly because we would love yeah. to have that conversation with you. All right. So once again, guys, thanks so much for listening. Wow. There it is. There it is. So wow. you can't call us liars now. Yeah. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening to the very first episode of Mental Health Monday. We will be back. As long as everything goes well next week, um, possibly with a third person, with a, with a guest for the very first time. So possibly that's just me be, and you again. Maybe. We'll Who see. knows? It'll be a mystery. It'll we'll be a it mystery. Um, so uh, we'll see you guys next week. We love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in and taking the time yeah. out of your day. Um, again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out on uh, mhmpod.com. Uh, find us on Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, my phone number is on that website as well. So if you have any questions, you want to reach out, DM us, uh, email links are available. Um, yeah, just talk to us. And if you have anything good or bad, we love hate mail too. So yes. please spam please. us with hate mail because we want to hear the, we want to know that we made it because you hate what we just yeah. said. We thrive. So we, we live thrive off on that. It. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much. We'll be back next week. And if all goes well, um, we will have the podcast on all the streaming platforms. If it does not go well, we will have it on a Google Drive. And we will share that on the website as itself too. And we're just going to hope for the hope for the hope of the hope of the best and uh, get that going. Um, either way, all these episodes will be available fully on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Music, Amazon, wherever you, YouTube, will get your music from very shortly, and you'll be hearing this then, too. If you are struggling with any thoughts of self-harm or suicide, we encourage you to reach out to a professional we do have many resources on our website at mhmpod.com um, where you can talk to somebody who cares about you, who loves you, who's going to support you, and who's going to talk you through uh, a difficult situation. And, and they are gonna... trained professionals, I want to add, too. It is not armchair psychologists like Ben and myself. It is somebody who it gets paid because they do what they love to do. And that's a very distinct... They, they will make the time for you and not hang up on you. Yes. So please, please, don't hesitate. There's no shame in getting help. We want you to know that. Thank you guys again for listening, and we'll see you next week.